0: On today's Locked On Texan podcast, John Mitchell will be out for the entire season due to leukemia. Find out how that affects the Texans receiving core, their potential game plan, their potential replacements. And we're also joined by John Krumpler from the Texan Wire.
1: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texas Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman. Cody Davis, of course, is joining the Locked On Texan Podcast, as always. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. This is an episode that Cody and I would not like to have due to circumstance. However, it is very important news for this franchise. John Mechie will miss the entire rookie year, his entire rookie year due to leukemia. He released a statement in red light. This recently I was diagnosed with APL, a form of leukemia, the most curable form of leukemia. I am currently receiving great medical care. And I'm in good spirits, and I expect to make a recovery at a later point in time. As a a result of the diagnosis, I will likely likely not be playing football this season. My main focus will be on health and recovery. Thank you in advance for your support and well wishes. I cannot wait to be back stronger than ever. God bless. And I would personally like to say, before we really talk about football and, you know, all things gridiron, John Mitchie. Don't worry about football. Worry about your health. Get better, and we will see you in the red, white, and blue whenever we do see you. However, at this time, your health is your number one priority. Get Mm -hmm. well soon. Cody, this is kind of gut-wrenching, right? When you look at the offseason that Houston has had, when you look at uh, some of their offseason moves, and I think John Metchie was a very important part of what they want to do in their offense. And so to see him go down, due to leukemia not go down due to injury but now that he will be, miss his entire rookie year that is some very unfortunate news however we have to look towards the future training camp starts friday we met over the weekend and one thing cody and i really wanted to look at in this training camp this season this off season was who's going to be the number four receiver we pretty much knew john mentioned was going to be cemented in number two number three between he and nico collins now who's going to be the number four receiver is very important to look at because they will be the number three receiver and who will be the number four receiver is still a conversation that we have to have available receivers on the roster right now brandon cooks nico collins john metry who we just talked about will miss the entire year johnny johnson drew estrada chad bb jalen camp chris conley davion davis philip dorsett chris moore connor weddington my question to you is how can the Texans feel the void John Metchie was going to feel this uh season coming up, Cody?
2: Well, first and foremost, let me just um say speedy recovery, praying for the best for John Mechie. And first and foremost, I'm just thankful um just for him as a person that he, you know, was diagnosed with this in the early stages. And not only that, it's also one of the curable forms. So he's going through treatment right now. So so that's good news. And at the end of the day, you know, it don't don't matter what we say here on Locked On Texans. At the end of the day, you know, his health, his life is more important than anything he would ever do for the Texans. On the football field. However, John, to answer your question, um, what can the Houston Texans do to move forward without John Mechie? Look, I-, I believe that the loss of Mechie is not going to hamper the Texans that much for this upcoming season. And I say that only because look. Prior to this news coming out, this was a guy who was still coming off an ACL injury. And when you go back and you take a look at what Coach Lovey Smith had to say, when you go back and you take a look at what Nick Asirio had to say, both of those guys said that it was very important for this organization to bring John Mitchell along slowly, which means his workload throughout his rookie season was not going to be that deep, especially considering that. Going into this season, the Houston Texans already had their number one and number two receiver in Brandon Cooks and Nico Collis. However, I think the most important aspect on the loss of John Mechie is who's going to take the helm as this team's number one slot receiver. When I take a look at guys like Chris Moore, when I take a look at guys like Philip Dorsett and Devi- Devion Davis, I'm looking at three guys who won. This news of John Mechie has opened an opportunity for one of these three guys to make the 53-man roster. And not only that, one of these three guys, in my opinion, I do believe it should be Chris Moore, can really step up and take the helm as this team's top slot receiver. Because at the end of the day, in his rookie season, that was going to be John Mechie's number one role. You know, before we even get to
0: the replacement, man, I just know this offense was really... Really waiting on John Metchie to get in there. Uh, we just talked about last week, I believe, or the week before, how Pep Hamilton really likes him. He's been around him since high school and spoke mm-hmm. very highly of him. And so we have to look at, because I think there was a certain role for John Metchie. I look at John Metchie, he was, at least this year, going to be a part of that chain-moving type of receiver. It's going to move the chains, chains, keep those possession going, and also a wide receiver who, someone that's going to attack zones against, Defenses, so immediately I look at Philip Dorsett. Right, Philip Dorsett is one of those receivers who's been around the league, has what like a seven, a eight year longevity career so far Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Has played slot, and I look at those 2016, 2018 seasons with Philip Dorsett where he was really effective in his role. And so I immediately look at Philip Dorsett as a replacement fill-in for John Metchie this upcoming year. Houston also has Drew Estrada on there, wide receiver depth chart right now. Guy out of Baylor, very effective for Baylor whenever he had an opportunity to get on the field. Uh, Didn't play a lot at Baylor, only spent one year after transferring. But I think he is a perfect replicate of Danny and who Houston brought in last year off the couch. And so I think that if they're going to move forward, they're going to either have to bring in some familiar faces, and then later in the show we're going to talk about if they should call some NFL free agents, but hmm. if they should get any familiar faces or some guys that can, at the very least, fill in at a position that they know what they're doing. Drew Estrada at slot. Philip Dorsett at slot. These are some things that they are comfortable with. Then that'll be okay for Philip, uh, for Davis Mills, who I think him and Dorsett have built a little bit of chemistry through our OTA. so that'll be good to see. John Crumpler of the Texan Wire is going to join us coming up next. But before we talk to John, Online is still the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of the favorite sports events at the number one online source. For odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Get in where you can fit in. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts welcome back locked on texas listeners and viewers out there as promised john crumpler of the texan wire a good friend of mine is joining the show finally i'm super excited to have you on cody and i have been wanting to have you on for a long time now it's just very unfortunate that of all the days today is the day we're having you on talking about john mechie and what's going on with the leukemia john i want you to go right into it this version of leukemia was called the most curable form of leukemia, what should we know, what should we expect in terms of John Mechie's
1: process, and just give us your insight on that. Yeah, and John, Cody, thanks for having me on. For those of you that don't know me, my name is John Crumpler. I'm a writer over at USA Today's The Texans Wire. And when I'm not talking about the Texans, I'm a third-year medical student over at uh, Emory University School of Medicine here in Atlanta. Um, so this is uh, leukemia. What well, you can think of, this is a, a cancer of the bone, I mean, of the, uh, the blood and the bone marrow and the bone marrow is responsible for making the precursors to all of our blood cell lines. So what John Mechie has acute promyelocytic leukemia, um, it's essentially the, the, the progenitor, the, the precursors to the white blood cells, which are our immune system. Um, it's when that, those continue to divide and they don't stop and they start to replace the cells that we need to be healthy. I'm um, doing a little research on it today. It's it's predominantly in young adults. The median incidence around age 44 and it's between 20 to 50 is usually when people get this. And it's actually extremely rare, only 600 to 800 documented cases per year on average in the United States. But the good news for John Mechie is it has a really good prognosis uh, for leukemia. Uh, 90% of people who um, have this diagnosis do survive. And then the recurrence rate, so a lot of cancers do come back. Only one in five people will have that cancer come back. So um, this is something that we would expect someone, um, we would expect John, that it sounds like they caught it early and that he's going to have great medical care in Houston. Um, he's not going to play football this year, but I would expect that he's he's going to fight through this. And we, we're going to see him play football again if he wants to do that. And assuming um, this treatment goes the way that it sounds like they expect it to.
2: John, um, we were all expecting um, John Metchie to play a a real significant role in the Houston Texans offense for this upcoming season. Um, I actually had him being wide receiver number three behind Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. Now that John Metchie is no longer going to be a part of this equation for this upcoming season, who are some of the wide receivers on this roster you are looking at saying, okay, this is your opportunity to step up and showcase what you can do? One of the names that always
1: surprises me when we hear news coming out of Texans camp, Cody, I know you're hard at work on the beat, is Philip Dorsett. It sounds like the Mm -hmm. staff loves him. He's getting a lot of time. Um, And he has that speed to be uh, one of the vertical burners that could add another dimension to this offense. I'm personally of the belief that uh, Dorsett, a lot like Chris Conley, we've seen what you can do at the NFL level, and it isn't a significant impact player. But now is the time if Philip Dorsett – All these years later, since he was a first round draft pick by the Indianapolis Colts, I think he's going to get to be on the field a lot because I'm with you. Nico Collins is who I have listed as my number two. And after him, there's there's just not a lot. And I I I think we saw some flashes from Chris Conley, but I I think they're going to need other skill sets in that because he's so similar to Nico
2: how important do you think this training camp is going to be for nico collins because you just mentioned it and we all are expecting nico collins to take this tremendous jump in his second season especially um just giving davis mills another wide receiver that he can trust because you you watched the game you was there as well just it it seems like a lot of times he was targeting brandon cooks and brandon cooks only Mm -hmm. but now when you take a look at how important Nico Collins is going to be, what are your thoughts about him going into his second training camp?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Last season, it did look like Davis Mills um, when the pressure came. And even when the pressure didn't come, Brandon Cooks was the guy he was looking for. Um, I actually had the opportunity to talk to Davis at his the Davis Mills quarterback challenge. And I got to ask about the chemistry that you can imagine. There are only five guys drafted in that 2021 class, how close they must all be really with – just how small the foundation is for rebuilding Texans team at this close. And it's time for Nico Collins to take his relationship with Davis Mills that they've obviously been working on. Davis Mills now a full off season as the starter and Collins a full off season as an established guy. He's got to make that work on the field. I think if you just compare him athletically and talent wise, to the rest of that receiver group with where he was drafted and his age, this is the year I would expect Nico to take that bump and, In training camp, I'm expecting himself to establish himself as that Z receiver who's playing on the other side of the field as Brandon Cooks and really as the guy on the roster who can do things that you're not going to ask Brandon Cooks to do to really go up one-on-one against the corner and, hey, we need you to beat him physically. We need you to break him down and go get the ball. Um, That's kind of what I'm hoping to hear about Nico in camp because if he can't do it, it does not spell well for what this wide receiver group is going to offer Davis outside of Brandon Cooks.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because it is very important for Nico to have that bump in his game this year. But even with Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks, this wide receiving core isn't spectacular. It doesn't knock you out of your socks, especially now that John Mechie won't be playing football this year. Houston does have around close to $8 million in their salary cap. Maybe they can go out there and sign one of the many available wide receiver free agents. Are there any players out there in the free agency pool that you really like for Houston?
1: I'll give two names That just because Mechie was supposed to be that slot guy. When I envisioned John Mechie in this offense, it was going to be Cooks and Collins on the outside offering two diverse skill sets. And then Mechie drawing attention to the slot or taking advantage of defensive backs who weren't ready to cover. He's a really talented guy. Uh, So if we're going to go to the free agent market, I would love for Houston to target a slot guy. I think I wonder if you go back to Danny Amendola. I think he played nicely in spots for the Texans. just to give it's late in the offseason. Give, give Davis another guy that he's going to be really comfortable with and another name. And I know he's not extremely popular. I'm not going to speak to his character. But as for the football player, I do think that Cole Beasley was a veteran who helped Josh Allen take significant step forwards. Um, Obviously had a great season his first year. Then Diggs came in. Cole Beasley continued to produce, um, really crafty guy. Again, I'm not going to speak to what he's doing on Twitter, but in terms of just being someone that young quarterbacks could look at, uh, I don't know what Beasley's market is like. I'm assuming that he hasn't signed yet because he doesn't want to go to training camp, Um, but he has baggage. So that he maybe doesn't fit the Texans' mold, but in terms of someone you could bring in and just trust to help a young quarterback, especially for that position that Mechie's absence is going to vacate, uh, Cole Beasley and Danny Amendola, just some older slot receivers, someone reliable that Mills could look at and know they're going to find space on the field.
0: Before we John, get out of
1: here, oh. uh, really
0: quick, Cody, I wanted to ask you of any storylines heading into training camp that people may be
1: overlooking right now. That's a tough one. I feel like the storylines on this Texans team, we all know them by now. We're in in—we're uh, in late July of the offseason. Uh I'm personally really interested in how the defense is going to change. I think we talk about who's going to be on the field a lot with this, especially in the rookies and what positions they might play. Um, but really all of that conversation comes under the pretext of the Tampa two and really the base four, three defense, four down linemen, three linebackers, two corners, two safeties. And the Texans personnel is built to do something different this year. And I think the biggest thing we're going to see from training camp is, hey, lovey. It didn't work the last time you were a head coach. It didn't work at times last season as a defensive coordinator. And the way you drafted really suggests, hey, you you've got a corner who's going to dominate in mankind. Stingley can do a lot of things, but he's the most talented defensive back on your team and you want to put him in situations to succeed. You got Christian Harris. He's a linebacker who's great at blitzing. You didn't like to blitz last offseason. And then Jalen Petrie plays a position on this defense. Ideally, he's a strong safety or a star that didn't exist. Um, So I'm just watching, hey, what kind of defense are the Houston Texans going to have, and how might that be different from last year?
2: John, last question before getting out of here, and you mentioned this guy's name a lot throughout this segment, and that's Davis Mills. I know you had an opportunity to talk to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, What are your thoughts about Davis Mills heading into training camp? Because I don't think there's nobody on this roster who is going to be evaluated as much as Davis Mills in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, he has – as big of an opportunity as
1: anyone on this roster, probably the biggest variance in terms of outcomes in terms we could be exiting 2022. If Hey, Davis mills is the quarterback for the next 10 years, or we could be exiting 22 with, I never want to see Davis mills start another game for the Houston Texans. Um, The guy I love talking to him. He was a super nice guy. And all you can get one talking to him, but also all the reports coming out of Houston Uh, Davis is a guy who's in control of that locker room right now. And it sounds Mm. like Texans have really given him not just the keys to the offense, but a keys, keys of the franchise that doesn't have a lot of leaders right now. Um, they didn't bring in any other quarterbacks to really challenge him at camp. It seems the goal of the quarterback room has just been to build infrastructure that best supports Davis development as a player. I think he's got all the tools I mean, we saw last year he throws a beautiful football. There's a reason he was the number one recruit coming out of high school, and he didn't get to play a lot of college snaps. So I'm I'm very excited about what he's going to do. And you're right, he's got a, a big opportunity to go prove it this year. Not to mention Pep Hamilton. It's going to be an interesting. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't wait to see what Pep is going to bring to the Houston Texans,
0: mainly because we're all happy that we do not have to see Tim Kelly call plays for this franchise anymore. John Crumpler. Thank you so much for stopping by. Please let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter and find all of your amazing work that you do for this Houston-Texan franchise.
1: Thank you, John, and thank you, Cody. Guys, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at John H. Crumpler. I'm a writer for the Texans and the Rockets wire. So if you love football, if you love basketball, and you love Houston, like we do on this podcast, uh, give me a follow for, for more content.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action, we are continuing with our conversation basically surrounding John Mechie in the wide receiver group. Cody, earlier I mentioned how I believe that the role for John Mechie in this offense was going to be someone as a player that can move the chains, keep drives alive, and attack those zones. And so before we head into training camp, we talked about possible receiver replacements. I think you and I both like Philip Dorsett. However, Cody, I think this is a very important training camp in preseason, as always, but for the running backs and the tight ends. Um, the running backs this year – have to be more productive in the passing game. I, I, I think so. And when we look at our tight end core here in Houston, well, because of unfortunate circumstances, I think this is a perfect opportunity, again, for second-year tight end uh, out of Mi- Miami, who we drafted last year, uh, your boy.
2: Brevin Jordan.
0: Brevin Jordan. Uh, yeah, so I think this is a perfect opportunity for Brevin Jordan. His skill set can allow him, because of his physical traits, his just natural, God-given physical traits, to be really utilized in the passing game and be effective heavily. So, again, I think this is a great opportunity for Brevin Jordan, who should be leading the tight end race right now. Also, the running backs, Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack, both of those running backs are Mm -hmm. not known to be pass catchers out of the backfield. However... I think this is a great opportunity for them to kind of step up and everybody collectively try to fill that void that we thought John Mitchell was going to be able to potentially have. Also, some available wide receiver free agents that make sense for the Houston Texans. I mentioned this guy earlier in the show, Danny Amendola. Former New England Patriot guy spent time here in Houston last year, had a couple of good, very productive games for Houston, has some familiarity there with Davis Mills. And I think that he's one of those players, plug and play, right? Knows the offense, kind of knows what he wants to do, knows his role. He can come in day one and just kind of fit the role as a veteran, right? Also, guys, don't get mad at me mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer, I don't know where (laughs) you stand if you listen to the show on the lines, but Cole Beasley, I think, would be perfect. He's healthy, focused on football. I think Cole Beasley would be perfect not only for this offense, but specifically for the development of Davis Mills. Cole Beasley, Mm -hmm. when you look at his career, he has helped Dak improve as a quarterback. The last two seasons, he has helped... Josh Allen improved as a quarterback, and so uh, I think that because of how great he plays that slot role as a wide receiver, uh, just finding zones and being very effective, especially after the run, he's someone that not maybe not long-term, but if you do want to go out there, sign a veteran wide receiver that make sense, Cole Beasley would be the perfect vet out there that you can bring in. I think that He'll do good moving forward, maybe for a two-year deal for Houston. Who knows? Uh, But he'll be able to help Davis Mills and his potential growth in the NFL.
2: You stole two of my three potential wide receivers that I would like to see the Texans go after, and that was Danny Amendola, Cole Bezos, for all the reasons that you just said. However, John, the one guy I do believe that, would make sense for the Houston Texans, given the state that they are in right now, in terms of everything that's going on with John Mechie. You're looking at all, uh, an offense that wants to be ten times better for this upcoming season. Of course, as you just finished talking about the the, the development of Davis Mills, I wouldn't be too mad if the Houston Texans go out and get Deshaun Jackson. And Whoa, I said that I because say, uh, Odell. Uh, no, no, no. I think Odell. Oh, see, and, and these are the reason why I went beasley Amendola, and jackson i think all three of those guys if nick casario you know was to have some type of interest in these three in one of these three guys and bring them in for a training camp and see if they can not only make the roster but see what they can actually provide to this offense one all three of these guys are in their mid 30s um yes all of their best days are behind them however john all three of these guys are veteran wide receivers who have been what some of the most productive slot receivers over the over the past decade or so and when you take a look at what john Mechie would have been for this offense at least for his rookie season as of right now as the number one slot receiver all three of these guys will be a perfect replacement for Mechie for this upcoming year. Not only that, a veteran wide receiver who can not only help um, Davis Mills, but who can also help some of these younger wide receivers like Nico Collins. You know, Nico Collins, yes, he has a veteran in Brandon Cooks, but the more veterans that you put around him, is going to work wonders for Nico Collins. And I say that because I remember towards the end of last season I had an opportunity to ask Collins you know who are some of the veterans that actually help him get on that a little bit of a tear during the second half of the season because in his final five games he recorded like 202 or 250 yards and and the touchdowns and you know we started to see some promise and we started to see Nico Collins development turn in the right direction And when I asked him about you know who are some of the veterans of course he said Brandon Cooks but another veteran that he talked about was Danny Amendola which once again proves how important it is for that organization, especially early on in a rebuild to bring in some veteran leadership. I guess, the, we'll version of the Sean Jackson you're actually getting in terms of veteran leadership, but it's very important for that organization to go out there and if they do explore the free agency market, break in a veteran receiver, it's going to work wonders not only for the offense, for younger guys like Nico Collins as well. Absolutely.
0: Again, I, and I, I wouldn't necessarily be mad at Deshaun Jackson. I don't think Deshaun. Like Jackson I say, it depends like the on what version
2: of Deshaun Jackson we're getting. <laughs> right,
0: and I was about to mention. I think Deshaun Jackson isn't the player for Houston because he may be looking for an opportunity to really compete at his age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really do like Danny Amendola coming back. I really, I really love the idea of Cole Beasley. But right now, once again, this is. A position that I think is for Philip Dorsett in 2016. Uh, Philip Dorsett was able to gain 21st downs for the Indianapolis Colts in 2019-17 for the Patriots. Both of those years were his best two years in the NFL. Uh, 16 yards per catch in 2016, uh, 13.7 yards per catch in 2019. I think he feels the role perfectly, and in both of those years, near to uh, around 30 catches in the, in a the year, 30 receptions in a year. So, again, it's going to be a collective group. Like mm-hmm. Regardless, like everybody's going to have to kind of step up in their game when you lose a player that you were really anticipating. And now we're training camp this Friday. Uh, it's up to the coaches to get everybody prepared for what's coming next and who will be that guy. Who's going to be the third receiver? Who's going to be the fourth receiver? Who's going to be the fifth receiver? Those are a lot of the things we are going to be looking forward to this upcoming year. Uh, starting on Friday, Cody and I can't wait. Thank you guys for checking out the Locked on and podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and also subscribe to the YouTube page as well.
2: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Best wishes to John Mechie once again. We're praying for you, my God. We cannot wait to see you in 2023. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.